We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, coming at you on a Wednesday, a game night. Um, the Knicks play um, a, a game tonight against the Denver Nuggets, who are very good. But guess what? So are we. So uh, excited for that one. Um, don't forget, as always, check out uh, on your podcast feed or on YouTube, uh, post-game live stream. Um, but for today, for today on this episode, we have a very, very, very special guest. And I am going to admit up top, I nerded out for this one a little bit because this person does something for a living that I used to dabble in many, many, many lifetimes and careers ago. Um, he's the uh, or one of uh, the house DJs for Madison Square Garden, DJ Monopoly. Um we got into, gosh, all kinds of stuff, his history of DJing, how he came to be a DJ at MSG, um, his relationship with the Knicks, longtime fan, how he goes about DJing games, choices he makes in the moment for, you know, getting the garden hyped up. This was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Um, I think that's it. I don't think that there's any news for me to comment on um, other than Julius Randle winning uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Congratulations to Julius Randle. Um, Emmanuel Quickly and Tom Thibodeau still are awardless. Awardless. That is just, just wrong. It's wrong. Um, no no monthly awards for them yet, but who knows? Maybe some more hardware, uh, probably more likely Tibbs than, uh, than Quickly coming down the pipe. Um <laughs> As Andrew Claudio sends me a text to read, which I'm not going to read. Um, you think I should read it? Okay. Say uh, it. All right. Fuck James Harden. Um, and on that note, uh, here's my interview with DJ Monopoly. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast. I'm geeking out. I'm not going to lie. I can't even say, I can't even introduce him yet. I'm already geeking out. And I'm going to tell you why I'm geeking out in a second, but let me just introduce the guests first. Um, if you have been to a Nick game at any point in the last few years, um, you have heard this person, even though you may not realize it, but you're going to realize it now. Um, he is the DJ of Madison Square Garden in charge of um, getting that place pumped up even more so than it would already be. And boy, has he done a hell of a job this year? And we're going to talk about it. DJ Monopoly, hello, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. So let me just, I got to give a little backstory before before we get into this, because we're going to get Absolutely. into some stuff today. I told you on DM, um, this is exciting for me, not only because you are obviously the house DJ of, actually, no, that's where we're going to start. You're the house freaking DJ of Madison Square Garden. How, like, what does that, what does that mean to you? Like, that's crazy, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So I'm, I'm one of a couple, so we have, we have a team, obviously. So obviously I get you, can't, work, you can't do all the nights. Yeah. I get to work hand in hand with probably the most talented individual in the industry, which is Ray Castaldi. 
Um, so he's actually the organist and the music director. Mm-hmm. So that, that, you know, those, those legendary organ sounds come from Ray that you've heard. I think he's been there since like 89. Oh so, I mean, goodness. he's literally been there through the 94 run, the 99 run. He was there for the Rangers cup, you know, like all those moments he was there for. And that's pretty much, he's my go-to guy. He's the one that I okay. get to work alongside with every single game. And then we have a couple other DJs. So we kind of alternate based on people's schedule and whatnot. Um, but the Knicks has always been my passion since I was a kid. I grew up watching the Knicks because my sister, who's five years older than me, uh, she was watching the Knicks growing up. So wait, we got let's get the let's get the timing right. So um, I'm gonna I don't usually ask my guests their age, but I am gonna ask you <laughs> your age right now. How old are you? I'm 33. Okay, so we're not that far. I'm about to turn uh, 38. I'm a little bit older. Right, yeah. God, God bless you. you. Look good for your age. I look like Thanks, shit. <laughs> Um, so, so, so you're 33. So I'm going to guess, I'm going to tell me how far off I am. I'm going to guess that your first real memories of this team were probably after Jordan came back, uh, after the first retirement and, and it was more the, the heat Pacers rivalries, not yeah. so much the early bulls rivalries. Okay. Right. So, I mean, like, I, you know, my, I remember, so my sister was about 12 when the Knicks were in the, in the finals in 94. And okay. I remember, I mean, I was only seven years old. So obviously like at that point in time, I couldn't take it, take it in as much, but I do remember vividly her making me sit in the same exact place. If the Knicks <laughs> were going on a run, right. Super superstitious. The Knicks were on a run. Yeah. You cannot move. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And then of course, you know, the other team starts making a run, like get out of the room, go do something else. You're messing it up. So, I mean, that's where it started. And then, yeah, as I got older, um, it was really probably like 98, 99 when like it became like my team. Now it was no longer like my sister's team and I just enjoyed watching it with her. And then it was like my squad. Um, And then, of course, like, you know, the 99 run is like, you know, that's the one that sticks out in my mind. And then from that point forward, I just never stopped. So it's, it's funny. Um, I've talked about this a couple of times on the pod. People my age. So again, I'm, I'm going to be 38 in uh, a couple of weeks. The 94 team for most of people, you know, 37, 38, 39, 40 is more meaningful to me. I came a little bit later to sports. So I'm like you. The 99 team is my team will always be my team. Yeah, yeah. Like the Houston shot, the LJ, yeah. like the whole like that's I I'm sure you remember where you were for all those moments. Absolutely. Um, so that's actually that's that's a good transition. So you you've been now. Um, you said the one of the MSG house DJs for for a couple of years, um, doing games this year. So how many games have you done this season um, for for the team? Um, probably somewhere between. I don't know, maybe like around 10 to 12. OK, so you have um, a good you have a good feel. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you gotten the 99 vibes at all being there? I mean, you know, obviously I wasn't in the building, but I, these are stories that Ray and I talk about all the time. Like I'm always picking his brain and I'm and I and I've been asking him specifically this season. I'm like, and because we only have 2000 fans in the building. Of course, we're going to get to that. Yeah. Some of these nights have just been I mean, the energy level is just at such an extreme for that amount of people. So I've asked him, I'm like, are, are we kind of like, are we getting there? It's like, are you feeling what you felt at that time? And he said, absolutely. Like it's back. Like that energy is back. And it, you know, obviously it hasn't been there. So for me to be in the building and experiencing that firsthand, instead of being at home, watching on my couch, you know, it's just, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like it. So, okay. So we're going to take a, a few steps back. So you said this has been a couple of years now. Um, I'm assuming you've been DJing for a while, right? I've been DJing for almost 13 years now. Okay. How did, what got you into the business to start? Was it like a side gig, a friend who did it? Or yeah, like, it was kind of, meet? yeah. So I had a friend in college. Um, I didn't start until 2009, 2008, 2009. So I had met a friend in college that was like previously a DJ or had dabbled in DJing. Okay. Um, it was always something that I wanted to get into, but I had super traditional parents, you know, like that, that something like that, something like DJing, it was just not even on the radar. Like if I put that out there, it would have got shot down real quick. <laughs> so okay. meeting her and then she actually allowed me to borrow her equipment for a period of time. Okay. That was, that was the window right there. So I just literally, I had this equipment for probably about a week in my dorm room and I just got hooked. And like from that point forward, uh, you know, I went out and invested in my own turntables. A couple of years later, I actually attended uh, 
DJ school in New York oh, City, wow. the Scratch DJ Academy. So that allowed me to okay. kind of polish my skills a little bit, humble myself, because at that point, I, I really thought I was like the man, you know, a couple of <laughs> years in, you think you're great. And then I got to meet all these incredible New York City DJs. I mean, we have the best DJs hands down in the country, that, that in my opinion. So I got to meet some incredible guys that really just showed me the way. They showed me the right way to do it. Um, they made sure I had the fundamentals, you know, which is which is really the the key, which is kind of it's, you know, that's kind of the thing that's being lost these days with some of the younger DJs, you know, so I got to learn on turntables and that was really my bread and butter up until, you know, recently where obviously technology has come such a long way. So now we do things with controllers and whatnot and the laptop, but um, I was fortunate enough to come up that way. Um, And then it wasn't until about three years ago where it's actually kind of funny how the whole thing played out. I actually, interviewed- yeah. So take me through it. How, like, because no, no, I can't imagine any DJ starts out and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the DJ at Madison Square fucking Garden someday. So right, exactly. Where, where, where was the circumstance of events that got you? So I, um, so I graduated college. At that point in time, it was, it was really just a side gig. You know, I was, I was doing it on the side. At that point, I understood. You know, I, it wasn't, I wasn't looking at it as this is going to be my career. Okay. Um, I got my degree in business management, so I was like, all right, let me try to get a job within my field, learn as much as I can. And I'll keep DJing on the side. And, you know, I'll keep like in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to push this as hard as I can push this. I'm like, let's see where it takes me. Um, and, you know, it, it was a difficult first few years because at that point in time, you know, you're making those connections for the first time. I mean, I, you know, I was still just a few years in, so I was still learning, you know, I was still learning about the industry, the ins and outs, the do's and do nots, um, you know, Dur- during that time, were, were you, were, were you like DJing bars? You'd mostly DJing weddings or you just, yeah, mostly bars, mostly like I was still kind of tied to the college scene. So, okay. you know, I was getting opportunities in all like the crazy college parties, Atlantic city, New Jersey. Okay. Um, some stuff in the city, but it was really, it was primarily that stuff, private events, just through word of mouth. But, you know, at that point in time, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm barely charging anything. Cause I was just trying to get as much exposure, trying to get out there, trying to, yeah, you know, it's like a blogger starting out. You just exactly. any any place that's willing to put your shit up on the internet that for yep. people to read. You're, you're gonna, like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, you can't you can't afford a DJ. It's just, sorry, we'll make it work this time. You know what? Give me a six pack. You know, a couple shots at the end of the night. And we'll, we'll we'll figure at, it out. At first, you got to do what you got to do. So that that's what I did. And uh, you know, years down the road, I, you know, I worked in a full time job for about five years. Um, and you know, I was even promoted to the ranks. I was making good money. But at the same time, I was still every single night I was going home and working on my craft. That's and, amazing. you know, I, I was able to push it to the point where um, it was about 2014, 2015, where my income for DJing surpassed my full time income. That must have been amazing. It, it was incredible. Happened. But and at that moment, it, it was actually very difficult to walk away from my full time job because I'm like, wow. If I, I could do, do both, both of these, yeah, it's incredible. But I was burning <laughs> yeah. the candle at both yeah. ends. I, I mean, I was literally, I was running myself into the ground trying to do stuff at night. I literally was working eight to 10 hour days coming yeah. home. And then that's when I was hopping on the computer, working on music, working on mixes, reaching out to clients, calling people. And then of course gigs. Yeah. So it was at that point in about 2015 that I left my job, um, which I actually like, I can't even say that I volunteer voluntarily left. Uh, it was kind of like the, mutual. Uh, yeah, I, I, I grew up with this company. So, I mean, like, okay. literally when I got in, I got in the ground floor with this particular company and uh, we were about six employees when I first started. And so oh, wow, we, them. Went, we went from a very tiny company to an e-commerce giant very, very quickly. Um, so it's not it's not like you were, um, you know. A, a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher or something where you were just, you know, you're, you're quitting a job. It's like you're you, that's that was probably as important. Well, very important to you, you know, maybe not as important as DJing, but yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I had a team of guys of about 50 by the time I left. So, oh, I mean, wow. Okay. You know, so this is like, a big deal. Yeah. Like parting ways with my team was like, you know, it was like kind of pulling on my heartstrings. I was like, this is, I don't want to, I, I felt like if I left, my team was going to suffer from that. Okay. I got you. Um, you know, you always feel like you're a little bit more important than you probably are. So I like, at that point in time, I was like, you know, my team needs me, all my people need me, but over those years, I was very transparent with the owner of the company. And I was just like, listen, DJing is my passion. Like, okay. and he would, he would kind of like put it down a little bit. We would have conversations where he would be like, be realistic. Like, you know, is, is this really going to be a full-time job one day? And I was just like, listen, man, <laughs> if you go hard enough, yeah, it could be. You, 
you remind me of when like uh when i was like first starting out and like my assistant principals of my school would talk to me about like oh you still you still got your blog i'm like yeah yeah you know and it's like you still okay and it's like you, you could tell right you could yep. just tell like you don't think the least bit of what i do with my time absolutely um, but at the same time, I imagine that probably made made it a little bit easier for you to be like, you know what, this is this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. So, so you oh, left, yeah. and then h- how do we get to MSG? Yeah. So then, you know, th- at that point in time, that's really when things took off because I was able to just dive in headfirst. I mean, 100% of my time now was dedicated to DJing. So everything picked up from corporate to private. I started doing, you know, more meaningful nightlife gigs. I started doing stuff for Royal Caribbean on their cruise ships. Okay. Um. So one of my connections in the city, which is through uh, Scratch DJ Academy, like I said, the school that I had attended, they also have an event side of things. So they work with some of the biggest clients in the, in the country. And once I went full time, it opened up the door for a lot of other opportunities. And being with them, I think at that point, I probably was with them for about four years. And myself and one other guy was, we were at the top of the roster for the entire country. So we were the most requested, most booked and that was just through sheer, like, just, just like blood, sweat and tears. Like I literally would go over and beyond for clients. I was doing two, three gigs a day, oh my pulling my cart through the streets of New York, anything I could. And I got my, you know, to the top of that roster. And then they called me one day and they said, listen, we have an opportunity. The New York Jets are looking for a DJ. Oh, okay. So MetLife Stadium is 15 minutes from where I live. So I was like, oh my God, this is, first of all, <laughs> not the, like super convenient, play for a professional sports team, the New York Jets, like, and you're talking about like what, 75,000 fans in a stadium, something like that. I mean, it's, it's insane. Are you a giant so, or a Jet fan? I'm not, to be honest with you. I'm not like, I okay. root for the local teams, of course, but yeah. I mean, I'm it wasn't so, like with the Knicks. It, yeah, the, no, okay. I'm so, gotcha. I'm so 100% with the Knicks that I just don't even have the, <laughs> the energy to pour into another team that well, way. You know what I mean? You're taught you're, uh, you're preaching to the choir there. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, Um, I went through the process, went through multiple rounds of interviews. Um, you know, everything went fantastic. And then literally came down to the last myself and and one other guy. And again, it was myself and the same guy that were at the top of that roster. It got narrowed down to the two of us. Um, and at that point it pretty much came down to, it was like, you know, do you have any experience in sports DJing? And I was like, I mean, no, I don't like, they were like, what, what's like the, the most comparable thing that you can give us to DJing for that number of people. And I was like, the closest thing was, you know, when I DJ on the cruise ships, I'm DJing technically for thousands of people at a time. Um, I'm trying to think what, like, cause there really is nothing like I remember, like, we'll get into my uh, illustrious DJing history a little bit later. But like when I used to, when I used to <laughs> DJ at, at, at the bars for, for like Yankee playoff games, it was like, you know, you're the, the game is taking place and then you, you know, you got to have your songs queued up for the rest, but there's no, <laughs> there's nothing like it. Like it's one of those, it's like trying to get in an actor's union. It's like, you're, we only hire union actors. Well, like, how do you get into the union? Well, you got to act. It's like a, a you know, exactly. too. Okay. So, so I, I just try, I just tried to kind of explain to them, like, you know, I've been in enough situations, like high pressure situations with a lot of people that I, I don't get flustered. Okay. You know, I, I can think on my feet, like, and obviously at that point in time, they're kind of explaining to you that, listen, like there's DJing and then there's sports DJing and they're not the same. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know. yeah, they are. Like, we talking about like <laughs> DJing's DJing. Yeah, like yeah, DJing is DJing. Thinking of thinking of the right songs, the right for the right moments. I mean, that's DJing, in, you know, in its purest form. So um, now, you know, looking back, obviously, I understand the difference, and there and there is a clear difference, and I, I can kind of go into that later. But um, ultimately, I didn't end up getting that opportunity. But everything went so well that one of the guys that was part of that process. He, he basically came to me afterwards and he was just like, listen, like that was an incredibly difficult decision. And one way or the other, like we're getting you involved with this organization. Um, so it ended up turning into um, they have a room or I guess like a kind of like a lounge, I guess you can call it inside MetLife Stadium called the Green okay. Room. So oh, it's basically okay. VIPs and, you know, you know, like sometimes it's uh, sponsors and different things like that. Players, families, um, whoever's singing the national anthem and their their whole crew. That sounds pretty so cool. Kind of like an exclusive area. Yeah. And okay. I get to go there. Um, you know, I do about an hour and a half to two hours pregame. Okay. And they let me, you know, I rock on the turntable. So I really get to like kind of do what I do. And, and they, they give me the freedom to just, you know, 
exactly, do exactly that. So, um, I've been there now for up until of course, 2020, um, three seasons prior. Okay. And then really what happened was the gentleman that had gotten me that opportunity. He was the, the main guy. He was the game director at the jets. He then left and called me in, I guess it was now 2018 and was like, and I, you know, I had told him I was very transparent. I was like, listen, like, yeah, like, you know, I follow the Jets, but like, yo, the Knicks is my squad. Like that, if you want to talk Knicks, I'll talk Knicks all day. And he calls me and he's like, I'm leaving the Jets. I'm going to the Knicks. And I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. And he was just like, listen, I can't guarantee you anything, but whatever I can do to get okay. you in there, I will do my best. And I was like, listen, I'll tell you whatever I have to do you let me know, like, it, you know, I'm not looking to like become the man overnight. Like, yeah, I will do whatever you guys need. Like this is, this is, I wrote this on my goals board in 2015. I'll never forget. Like I literally wrote down DJ at MSG That's and amazing. I'll never forget like writing down, you know, trying to figure out who's who. And I actually wrote down Ray Costaldi's name. Cause I'm like, but this guy's been there forever. Like he, he's, he has to be one of the guys. And I remember writing down his name and now I get to work alongside him every day. So it's just like, you know, if you believe in manifestation or anything like that, but like it literally was the epitome of that. I wrote it down and then somehow down the line, the one of the biggest, technically one of the biggest failures really in my career, which was not getting that Jets opportunity, ended up turning into getting the dream job that I had really been gunning for from, from the beginning. Life is... um Man, life life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Um, so so 2018-19, um, uh, not an illustrious year um, for the uh, franchise, the New York Knicks. Um, that that's obviously the 17 win season. So you so that was your first year in MSG DJing games. I again, I'm, I'm holding off as much as I can t- talking about old DJ stories of when I used to do this. But it's like you know. I have to imagine the only, the only comp is like, you know, when it's like, um, you know, it's like a, a, a Wednesday night and it's like pouring and there are seven people in the bar and it's like, and you have to, you are mandated to be back there for as long, you know, until the, until closing. And it's like, what am I, how am I just going to get through this night? Like, what was that season like? Yeah. So, well, so I was fortunate that they actually, they started me off with, the Westchester Knicks. Okay. That's I got my, better for, the, for that season. Yeah. So I got, I got my feet wet with, with uh, over in the G league with the Westchester Knicks, which again, that was like that, that allowed me to really start to understand what the difference was between sports DJing and regular DJing. So, you know, that was my start. And then that same season, you know, they threw me one game, then okay. threw me another game. So I did get to experience the other side, but I mean, I, I got, I didn't just jump right into the, they didn't throw me right into the fire. I got to do the, you know, the Westchester Knicks first. Well, so, so even though they were bad, you were probably just hyped to get in the garden at that point. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. To me, it was still like, this is, you know, and take, taking it all in just like, cause you know, I can, I can picture all the nights that I was sitting in the stands you know, watching it all, sitting there getting chills during the intro video and all that stuff and looking up and just being like, damn, like, I wonder where the DJ is. Like, I just like, <laughs> I want, like, who is lucky enough to be doing this right now? Like playing all this music and then to be up in the booth now looking down, like almost, you know, every national anthem, like I always like try to take a moment and I'm just like, damn, like all those years you were sitting like right over there watching the game and now you're up here. Like, I have I have to stop and take it in because I'm just like this is this is crazy. That that was me all of last year when I was uh, covering games for for Sports Illustrated. Going in like every time I would step foot on the court, every time I would step foot in the locker room, it was like so. I kept waiting for someone you know with the old TV shows where they would have the the hook where they would pull you off stage, um, yeah. you know, to like be like, all right, you're 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 not supposed to be here. Sorry, we're gonna get you out of here. Yep. Um, but it never happened, and it was just it was such a cool experience. So. Sounds like it was the same thing for you. So let's fast forward to now, um, you know, so obviously last season cut short by the pandemic um, and we go into this year. Did they, when did you first know that you were going to be DJing games again? And like, what was, were they like, all right, we're going to have a few thousand fans. Like what, what was that process like? Yeah. So, I mean, it's actually kind of crazy too, because um, you know, I had done some of the arena stuff in 2019 you know, and I was getting more and more work. I started doing stuff with the Rangers and then 
there's a difference between when you attend a game, the, the actual in-house DJ, that's pretty much, you know, myself and Ray are playing everything you hear mm-hmm. throughout. So, you know, the beats during gameplay, you know, everything, obviously the organ comes from him, all the pregame music, all the timeout music, all that stuff comes from us. But then we've also have guest DJs from time to time. Okay. Guest DJs are the ones that kind of get the shine. They're on the jumbotron. Um, they have like the DJ booth. Usually it's off to the side of the court. Now this season, it's, it's kind of up on like the second, the second tier there. I noticed it there for the, that's the first time it's been there, right? This is yeah. So basically just because of, because of COVID. So, you know, moving it further away from the court pretty much. Um, so January 1st, I got my first opportunity to guest DJ instead of be the in-house DJ. So January 1st, 2020. So new year's day, 2020, I literally started like as high as you can possibly be. It was the mellow game. It was New Year's Day. Yes. First guest DJ spot. I'm on the Jumbotron. My my family was in, like my mother, my sister, my my wife, um, my niece was in the building. Like, and then they've never seen, really, they've never seen me. Obviously, my wife has seen me DJ, but, you know, really, like my mom has really never seen me DJ technically. You know what I yeah. mean? Like she, she sees it, you know, the, the clips online, different content. But she's never attended an event. I mean, she's not going to come to like a wedding or probably maybe. Exactly, yeah, maybe, or you know, not, nightlife gig or anything. Yeah, like I was about that. to say. So, <laughs> you know, to then have them in the building and see me on that stage, having that experience. And then, you know, two months later, I literally DJed the um, the jazz game. Oh, where, they got their, they got where, their ass I think it was in, like, I, I don't know if it was that. It was that night where Gobert did the, the microphone thing or if it was like the day after. Um, it was a few, well, for the game at MSG, I remember was they, the Knicks lost. And then I think it was a few days later that he did the microphone. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And then that was when everything shut down and it was like, you know, um, <laughs> you know, we, we really didn't know what was happening at that point. So then when we returned, um, this season, we returned to no fans, no zero. Fans so you were, doing. so you were DJing games with nobody there. Yeah. So they, they tried to do, I think they tried to do like one or two with just Ray, with just, just the music director kind of juggling okay. things, like trying to just, I guess, feel out like, what do we really need and what do we not need? Oh, um, okay. All right. You know, because there's, there's really, and you know, this, again, this is another thing that I had no idea going in. I mean, the, the, the complexity of the show that goes on is insane. I mean, you, you kind of just think like, you know, there's some music, there's some videos. I mean, everything is precisely timed out to a T. So, I mean, everything going in, it's literally, we're working with a script and we're, we're we kind of like, they joke that there's a basketball game going on during our show <laughs> because that's really what it is. Like we, this is our show yeah, and we're yeah. kind of planning around the, the game. So when we came back, zero fans, they, they tried it one or two games without the DJ. And then they, they ended up bringing us back, um, the first couple of games, it was just very eerie, you know, just, just playing to an empty arena, having, I'm not even sure if, if they, if we had the fan noise at that point. So it just, you had like, you know, a little bit of the echo, just like, yeah. you know, just the emptiness of the building. And initially we kind of just, we were more so playing for the players. Like that was really what we did. The notion of, of de- like the, the very purpose of DJing or, or MC, anything in that, in that vein is to hype up, a group of people. So I can't even like to go in and do, I mean, yes, there's a group of people as players, but they're right. playing the game. That's so I can't even imagine how difficult that, that really must've been pretty hard. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, like at least like pregame, you know, when they're warming up and stuff, like I'm, I'm really, I'm genuinely trying to play to them. Cause I think at that point in time, they're, they're kind of still able to, to listen a little bit, you know, they're down there, they're bobbing their heads they're getting yeah. loose. They're having fun. But I think after that point, I think the majority of players kind of tune out because they're just they're just so, you know, yeah. in the zone. Um, so it was only a couple of games until we started kind of tweaking things and they actually started to have us do like a normal show. So while we didn't have all the elements, I started to play music as if there were fans there. So okay. I started playing, you know, more pop music, more of just like, you know, like if, if the Knicks go on a run, the other team calls a timeout and we go in, we call it going in hot which basically means like, let's try to like build on that energy. Yeah. You know, I would play a hype song and, and no fans in the building, no energy to kind of like get that back from. It was very, very awkward. Like just playing, like, you know, I drop uh like, you know, whatever, like Montel Jordan, this is how we do it. And it's yeah. just like, you, you get nothing, you got nothing coming back. It was just, <laughs> it felt 
it's almost, you know, it's like you can, you can compare it to a club or a bar and you're, you're playing like, uh, you know, something, some hard EDM track to an empty room. They would, they would all like the couple people there would look at the DJ and be like, what, what is this guy doing? Like, I've, I've not been, the right I've been that person. I know what it feels like. It <laughs> sucks. <laughs> it's, it's so really when, they, sucks. when they allowed 10%, which yeah. you know, for us is about 2000, like, which is what it is was, right now for, for another couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 We're still, I guess we're, still, I don't know if they, did they, did they give the official word I, that they're going to increase it? I'm, I'm under the impression that they are. Yeah. And for, for uh, knock on wood for the, for the playoffs. Um, so yeah, but, but it's been 10% obviously the whole season. So, so you got some fans in the, in the building and does it like, I, look, it, it's obviously doesn't feel like a full arena, but does it feel more normal, I guess, than, or, than it did? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, and you know, Knicks fans, like, I mean, especially in a close game down the stretch, you can hear the fan noise, like from where I am, I can hear the fan noise and then I can hear the fans. And I mean, there's been times where like, I, I it's like, it's hard to believe that there's 2000, there's only 2000 fans in the building Yeah, because one, you know, Ray gets on the organ and starts doing the defense chant down the stretch, close game. I mean, the crowd just gets so into it, you know, and we've had a couple of these games, especially recently where you know, I was at the game where they came back in the fourth quarter against the Grizzlies. I think it's, I think it was the first game that started started our run here. Yep. Started the street. And I mean, the energy in the building was insane. It like, it was unlike anything I had ever experienced before, even, even attending games. I'm not sure I've ever, I've ever felt that kind of energy. And like I said, 2000 fans. So only 10% of the building full, just imagine what it's going to be once we finally get back to full capacity. I, I was listening today to, uh, JJ Reddick's podcast from last week. And they were, they actually were focusing on, on a little bit on the Knicks at the start. And uh, he was saying, he's like, I feel, I feel genuinely upset as like a, you know, as like a sports fan. Um, yeah. The fact that the Knicks, the Knicks, more, it's, more the, Knicks the Knicks are doing this and it's, it's, you know, only this many. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed people um i want to go back to something you said a minute ago so you, you talked about you know playing music during intros and getting the players kind of you know starting to get hyped up and whatnot um do you have any sense of what music gets players hyped up and even to the extent of like do you do you even know like particular players like certain songs like where, where, what is your knowledge base of what music these guys like so from time to time we'll get um we'll do a, a thing called like a player's playlist Okay. where they'll select, you know, I guess like the, the media team and ends up getting passed through the channels and we'll get, you know, like Nerlens Noel player, uh, players playlist and we'll get like his five favorite tracks. Okay. So then we kind of like, you know, we may feature it for a certain game. So I'll make sure like specifically that game, we touch on those tracks. But then of course, over time, I get a little bit of a look into, you know, five, six, seven, eight players. So at that point, I have an idea of what they're listening to. And then obviously, you know, there's tracks, there's tracks that are, that are hot for a moment and then they're no longer hot. So then yeah. I kind of just like, I'm, I'm listening to, you know, what are the artists that they're tuned into? Cause that's really what matters the most. The, the, the tracks can come and go. Um, have you, I know have they're you, listening to like NBA young boy, they're going to keep listening to NBA young boy. So okay. I know that, you know, that I can keep looking into his stuff. And if he drops a new track, I should probably, I should probably play it. You know what I mean? I, I actually know who that is, which I'm really proud of myself <laughs> for, for that. Um, have, has, <laughs> have you, it's crazy because you have to remember how young these guys are. That's the thing. Like when I first started too, I, I was playing hip hop that got me hyped that I grew up listening to. 
And then I literally remember, like, I think it was one of the other DJs was like, you know, like, yo, these guys are like in their early 20s, man. Like, they don't know, like, Freeway and, and like, some of these, you know, some of the rappers that we grew up listening, even, even just recently, you know, when Black Rob passed away, you know, like, I'm sure guys know, whoa, but like, I played, I played um, Bad Boy for Life mm-hmm. with, with Diddy. Yep. Um, but I mean, those are really the two tracks that I could touch on. Otherwise, I don't even think the players would would know. I was going to so I was going to ask you about that, because obviously it was Black Rob significant. It was just just in April. And but DMX what, was DMX in March or was it was it also in April? What, if, whatever. It's recent. Yeah, I mean, it was like a week, a week prior, I think. So that's when I feel like that's when I first noticed uh, found you on Twitter, because when you played um well why don't you tell me take me through that night do you remember <laughs> that night yeah I, why, why yeah, yeah. You tell so, the story? so um i had it was i guess there was the rumor that x had passed away the night That's before. Right. it wasn't like a fish like it was yeah it was yeah it was very it was very weird i knew i had the game the next night so i in my head i'm like i, I immediately i'm like yo I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put something together for tomorrow then i found out that it was true and then hours later we found out that it that it was true so um I wasn't even sure whether or not, you know, because obviously while I have freedom to play what I want to play at the same time, you know, I do have to bounce things off of people and make sure that, you know, I'm always playing what's appropriate. I'm always playing, you know, like things that fit the right moment. And I wasn't sure. I'm like, if we're going to do something for him, if we're going to, if we're going to, you know, put something up on the Jumbotron, give him a moment, then obviously I want to put something together for that. Um, But literally, just, just Ray being who he is. The second I walked in the door, he was like, I'm, I'm sure you heard about DMX. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, like I'm going to like put something together, like right, right before tip, like that's when you can do it. And I was like, say no more. Like, you know what I mean? But just like, yeah. just like the, the trust that, that like, that's awesome. You know, cause you know, DMX's music is obviously it's rough. It's aggressive. It's, it's gritty. I had to kind of like work my way around some of the verses that may or may not be acceptable, whether or not they're the clean version. I mean, you still, you still got the air on the side of caution. I mean, it's still Madison square garden. Sure. So, yeah. you know, I had about the guest DJ did their thing. I had about three or four minutes. So I got to just run through, you know, some of my favorite X joints and, uh, what, what's yeah. your, do you have a, do you have a, what's your number one? I got to, well, te- technically my number one is slipping. Okay. So I'm now, now up, we're up, having a conversation because slipping <laughs> man, Oh yeah, how, that, that was just a different one, man. Though that different was the energy. one where it was just like it would that that's would I actually I shouldn't assume, I feel like it dropped in the summer, but I'm not hundred percent sure. All I remember was like I was I don't know five, ten times a day I would play that song. Yeah, I, yeah. I was, oh my god. Every time, I feel like every time I was in my feelings or every time I was like trying to <laughs> You would get <laughs> you get would hype. get in your feelings so you can play. I was like, I wanna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it happen right now because I want to hear this. Okay. So but I, got obviously, to play, I, I played that one just because you know that one that one's obviously not as it's not as hype. Yeah. It's, um it's different. I played that one pregame. So like when okay. doors open, you know, people are coming in just trying to get a good vibe. And then, I would have cried um, if I was there and I had heard that. I just want, <laughs> I just want you to know that. And then, and then, you know, I ran through, I'm trying to remember now, like I, I, I basically, I, I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to make sure that I separated myself from the guest DJ. So the guest DJ was doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And then I pretty much usually just take, take over. So there's, so it's not seamless per se, but I mean, you know, you would never know that the guest DJ stopped playing really. Okay. So I wanted to kind of make sure that there was like a distinct separation which, you know, I, sometimes you don't really want, like you don't want like a, a break in the music technically. But for that moment, I was like, that that's what I need. Like I need to kind of, and it, I think the DJ at that time was playing like house music. So I was like, I need to cha- change the energy here. Yeah. So I literally created something in, in Ableton before I, uh, I started that night, which was literally just like a sound effect that kind of pulled out. So it literally went to silence. Okay. And then I had a DMX acapella where he just goes DMX. And then I just echoed it out. And I just let it, I let it sit for a second. And then I actually came into on Exco and give it to you. He actually says, um, he shouts, he shouts somebody else out and he says, rest in peace, baby. So what I actually did was I jumped right into the part where he said, rest in peace. So I don't know if anybody caught that because, you know, it's it's tough, especially over the the speakers, but that was kind of how I started it. And then we went straight, straight almost to tip. I just, again, you're bringing me back. Like, the, the nights when like you pull off so or you have like a uh you you transition from one song to another based on like one lyric or something if there's one motherfucker in that bar 
who notices and says <laughs> something to you like, yo, man, that was nice. It makes it's like makes your whole night. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, no, I, I hear that. So I don't know if anybody caught it, but I mean, it, 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 made, it made me feel good. That's all like, that matters. I, that's I'm all that matters. So, um, so I'm curious. So like that night, obviously, was a special night. But in, in general, just on like an average night, if there's like a really, really hot song or something or something that, you know, like, OK, I know this is going to get the place fired up. I, you know what? I think that'll get the place fired, whatever. Well, are you, are you think, do you, I, well, maybe I should ask this. Do you have the opportunity to like pin, like wait for a certain moment in a, in a game where it's like, okay, I, I it's going to be maybe after they go on a run and it's a timeout or something like how, how much does that factor into your, your, your nightly preparation? Yeah. So pretty much like, you know, I, I try to be as organized as possible going in, um, and you really, everything is about energy. I mean, and that's, and that's kind of where the distinction comes in between DJing and sports DJing. Whereas like DJing, you know, you're stringing songs together, but you have the ability to create that experience over the course of a night. Right. So it's, it's kind of more of like the journey. Whereas because I'm only coming in at moments, I only have a minute, sometimes less to, to, to deliver in that moment, you know, to create some kind of an experience to build on the energy, to capitalize on it. So really what's paramount is not, is not necessarily your mixing skill, my ability to scratch, it's song selection. It's really just, it's picking the songs in that moment that are going to make the most sense, that are, that are appropriate for the moment, that are appropriate for the energy in that moment. Um, but, but, but as, but with the, cause with basketball, the energy of the moment can change in, in 60 seconds or, or even less. So are you, I imagine there's been times where you're like, where you, you have, do you like have to make a last minute change on the fly of like what song you're about to play or, or do you have to kind of stick to, you know, a, a more of a preset plan? No, you're, you're absolutely right. So we pretty much like the way we have it queued up, it's almost like, um, like we call it like, like, so like I said before, like a hot song is Nick's go on a run and like, you know, I want to play something hype that's going to get people going. And you'll have so that ready. Like, yeah. Ready. So that's, okay. that's, I always have one of those queued up. And, you know, it also depends on kind of the course of the game. We'll, we'll play some of the harder driving stuff later in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I'll keep some of the hip hop tracks that are relevant. I'll keep like, you know, just, you know, some of the, cl- some of the classics, like, you know, like if you play be faithful, you know, like Crooklyn clan, fat man scoop, like that's, that's never going to fail. Like I said before, this is how we do it. Like any of those tracks you drop, bring them out. Like, you know, like those, there's certain tracks that just hit different in yeah. those moments. Um, so you're always going to have kind of one of those queued up and then we call it like a medium song, which is basically like, you know, we obviously want to play something with energy, but not necessarily like something that's like celebratory or like you're, you know, like you're, you're trying to get people hyped up. So yeah. if we start, you know, the other team makes a run, we call a timeout. You obviously don't want to play something like somber, you know, you got to keep the energy <laughs> yeah. there, but you're also, you're not celebrating. There's nothing, there's nothing to celebrate in this moment. So you have to, you know, and it also would, it would feel it would feel forced. It would feel like it just not fitting for the moment. If you played, you know, Daft Punk one more time and we're down 10. Yeah. So it's really about just selecting the right moments. And then once we get down the stretch, I mean, it's really like, we're, we're constantly pivoting. We're constantly like, you know, I'll have two songs queued up and I'm, and I'm digging through something happens on the court and I'm like, no, that track doesn't work anymore. Yep. You know, I'm thinking about the lyrics of the track. I'm thinking about, is there something in the track that said that, may or may not work for this you know okay. is there, i mean you know like even we play toronto drake out the window i don't play no drake oh and, you know, i love all those it. things matter like and it's i love again, it again this is something that i've learned in in just a couple of years that i've been doing it now it's just like you you, you have to micro analyze every track i mean every and, and you know of course on the flip side you have opportunities when something happens on the court to kind of like you know like uh for like a funny moment. So for example, like just, just the night, the Rangers, this one stuck out because people were still talking about it yesterday. Um, one of the, the players on the other team, like literally was skating like open ice and he tripped. And <laughs> I didn't know hockey players. I, I'm trying to remember the, I'm trying to remember the artist name. I think, I think the artist name is like Bigfoot or something like that. But the song, the song is literally co- uh, called one foot in front of the other. <laughs> 
And I just happened to be scrolling and it happened. And I was like, yup, boom, played it. And like you, I'm literally looking around and fans are laughing. That's great. Because the lyrics are just like one foot in front of the other. Yeah, that's oh so it's like God. you have the opportunity, but you have to be so quick on your feet. And, so, you know, sometimes yeah. it happens too fast. Um, but over time, you know, as your experience builds, you kind of you start to know, like, all right, this could work here. When I'm looking through my library, I'm like, all right, if this ever happens, this is what I'm going to play. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you start building that library. That's, that's incredible. So, um, so let's, we're, uh, we're, so we're recording this on, uh, it's Tuesday. The Knicks are, oh, we just got a little, not breaking news. Um, Nerlens and Norvell actually are both questionable for, uh, for, Norvell too. Uh, oh, the, 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 yeah. I don't know. Why is he questionable? I didn't think he got injured. Um, I, saw, I saw a play last night where he came, he, he came up like hobbling a little bit. Oh yeah, no, um, yeah, maybe towards the towards the end of the game. Yeah, um, and then Taj uh, came in. I think Taj pretty much got the rest of the minutes. So let's so let's talk about let's talk about the rest of the season. Um, just are you how how are you how are you feeling? You feel good about this team? You 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 because uh, I I do obviously the live streams after every game, and like I have fans now. It's like okay, it's Eastern Conference Finals, baby. We're here we come. Um, are you are you able are you able to stay grounded or do you what do you what do you expect to see over the next couple of weeks? What are your expectations? Yeah, I mean, listen. Over the years, I, I'm I'm that fan that's always overly optimistic going into every year. I'm like, well, listen, we got this guy. This looks good. You know, I'm always optimistic going in this season, obviously, you know, I think shattered almost everybody's expectations. I'm not sure anybody came in saying that this is what we were going to be. But at the same time, like looking at what we've done, I wouldn't say I'm satisfied. Of course, I want to see us go as far as possible. But I mean, the progress that we've made can't just can't be understated. No, No matter how far we end up going in the postseason you can't look at this season like it was a failure. I mean, this this was a oh, no, that's tremendous it. step in the right direction from a culture standpoint. I mean, they literally, they've changed the conversation completely. Um, so, I mean, and I think that's really the goal, right? Is we, we, we have been having a, a difficult time bringing in the, the big names, the free agents. And it's, you know, the conversation around New York has always just been, it's been negative. You know what I mean? So we've changed that entire perspective. But you, you know, you know, I could sense it a little bit from being in the building, you know, covering games last season. And I'm sure you get much more of a sense of it. There's a, there's a feeling, there's a vibe. There's a just, you you know, when you're, when you're in the building and I, I don't know how you felt being in there last season, but, you know, covering some of those early, it, it just, there wasn't, I don't know. It didn't seem like a very positive place. Like I'm not saying that everybody was like hanging their heads and stuff like the assistant, like Caleb Canales, God love him. He was always had a smile on his face. Um, you know, shout out to him, but like, it was just not, there was, there was, you could tell that this was not a good yeah. situation. And now this year, like what you're talking about, like this season being a success, it just, when you walk in, it has to have a better feeling about it. Right. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you could, you could feel, you could feel the energy in the building. You could feel the way that the, the, even the way the staff, you know, goes into every game the way we're preparing for games, it, it's just different. Listen, winning changes everything, right? I mean, everybody always says that. You got that and right. It's, it's, Tip think, says that. I'm pretty sure Tibbs has said that this year. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think going, going into this year, I, you just, we didn't know like the direction, you know what I mean? Like uh, who are we building around? Do we yeah. have anybody to build around? You know, it was always the free agent conversation. It was always just looking out at who we could potentially bring in. Or the draft. Or, who, who, how can we, how can we uh, get a top five pick this year? That, yeah. Right. Always. I mean, it was like Zion, Zion or bust. And I'm like, yeah. no, like there's other, ta- like it, it, RJ's 20 years old. Like get, let the, let the guy grow up a little bit. Like he's going <laughs> to be all right. So now, now you obviously, you know, the emergence of Julius Randle. I, I mean, I think I've played basketball my whole life. So when I looked at RJ, I'm like, listen, does he have like the X factor? Could he, could he potentially be one of these superstar guys? I'm not sure, but he can hoop yeah. flat out the, the, like his versatility, his left hand, his right hand, the way, the way he can get to the basket specifically. Like, I mean, he, he's a, he's a stud. He's going to be fine building around him as well. Like I still think, you know, I, I, I personally love Mitch. Like I love what Mitch brings. Like just like the, he gives me that the can be vibe. We you miss know, Mitch. We miss Mitch. Yeah, no, we absolutely do. Who, who's that's, the? You know, who, oh, wait, no, sorry. Who were you gonna say? I was gonna say like that's a big question mark because you know whether or not we bring him back, I, um, especially because of the way Nerlens has been playing. 
I get I get more questions about the center situation moving forward than probably any other topic because it's just yeah. it's such an uncertainty. Yeah. Who who um who's the player that gets you most hyped up uh, from this year's team? Man, they're gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you're gonna say because you know what it is like. I, I just I love like the reason why the '99 team was my favorite team is just you know like we were we were kind of you know we were overlooked. We were like the underdogs, yep. and you just had a great group of guys. And it was a story like it was just the story of how how this group collectively came together and won games like they battled. Patrick goes down like it was just, you know, like that that story is really what captivates people. And I think Derrick Rose's story is just unlike anything, you know, like the, his resilience in his career. Um, there's nothing more that I want to see than, than than Derek just like just have this resurgence here in New York and, and be successful. And like, we're, you know, we're seeing it firsthand. We saw it literally last night. The, the last two games, I, I haven't had a chance to, to um, I'm pretty sure these were the two most efficient consecutive games since uh, before his ACL. Yeah. Like, you know, he it, 49 points on, I think like uh 26 shot. Like this is not something that Derek Rose ever used to do. And now he's doing it. It's amazing to see. Um, I think he's the I think he's the second most important player on the team moving forward. Not second best, second most important player on the no, team. I absolutely agree. I mean, he's really he's really the X factor. The way he can come in with that second group, I think he give I think he gives Obi a lot of confidence. Oh yeah. I yeah. think for whatever reason, the relationship that they've created, like you can just tell Obi looks more especially of late. Like Obi looks like he's just getting a little more aggressive. He's trying to attack the basket. Um, I think that kind of comes from Rose because when Rose was out for the COVID protocol. I felt like Obi kind of took a step back. He he what he like he didn't look as confident on the on the floor. And then Rose comes back, and all of a sudden, you know, like quickly's got a little bit more juice. Obi's got a little bit more juice. Yeah. So I think, and then you know, of course, everybody rides Alfred. But I think what Alfred brings to the starting lineup with that group, it's not going to change. T- Tibbs obviously sees something there. You trust him. Yeah, he trusts trust him. him. He plays defense. I know he's never going to blow you away with his shooting ability yeah. or you know go off for thirty. But what he brings with that unit, obviously him and Julius, I think they're tight. So, you know, like you have that and then you have the what's going on now with Rose and quickly and and that second it's a, lineup. It's a special group. Um, I, I again, we were we have fond memories of the 99 team. This this season reminds me of, of that season. Have you a couple more? And I'm going to get you out here. You've been incredibly generous with your time. Um, the have you allowed yourself to dream about the prospect. I, I, you know where I'm going with this of, I, I mean, we won't go final, but like playing like a game seven, like DJing a game seven in Madison square garden. Have you, have you allowed your mind to drift to that point yet? I mean, I, so we, I was just in the garden last night for, for the Rangers who, who just uh, with, I guess yesterday's loss they're they're eliminated from playoff contention. Okay. So of course the, the conversation shifted to, you know, well, we got we're gonna have some Knicks postseason action. Um obviously things are still up in the air right now. We don't know how many home games we're gonna end up getting, especially early on. Um, yeah. depend, depending on where we fall. Well, still gotta get in. Still a couple gotta get a couple more of these yeah. somewhere down the street. Well, I think so. we, we were we were talking about it last night, like um I, for, I forget if it's this the seven C, but I, I forget there's actually a way that we can end up getting like consecutive home games. I mean, like back to back to back. Well, uh, if, I mean, play out. well, if they, in the so plane, if they, if they dropped, if, if they dropped to seventh and they lost the first playing game, they would get another home playing game. Right. But then, but if they just were the sixth seed or the fifth seed or the fourth seed or whatever, um, obviously, you know, seven game series. So they would get, you know, three, four, and yeah. then uh, um, I guess, all right, so so I guess the only way that you you would be able to DJ a game seven would be as if they got to the four seed and it went seven. So, but right. it's I actually if you ask me to put money on right now of all the different scenarios, I think I might say four seed going seven games. If because I think whoever what I don't even think I think this is going to be like that. So the, that would be what Atlanta. Well, I don't know. Who do you do you have a preference? Who do you want to see, or who do you not want to see? Maybe. You know what? I don't want to see Washington right now. That's I fair. I think the, watching Washington lately has been something. I they're think gonna, that they're, I mean, they're what? They're still sitting at like 10, but I think they, 
well, I think they beat, I'm pretty sure they beat Indiana, I want to say last night. So, yeah. Okay. So they closed the, I think they're still in 10th, but they closed the gap. I, I wouldn't, if I was a, 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 you know, like Philly or something, I mean, Philly probably will, will win that series, but I'm, I'm not sure I'd want to deal with Washington right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I honestly think like, I, I feel, I feel strongly that we can put up a fight with just about anybody. I mean, you know, I think, a healthy, a healthy Brooklyn squad is going to be tough for anybody. I mean, yeah. that, that's just there's the, no questions asked. Um, but I can see us giving giving Milwaukee a problem. I can yes. see us giving Atlanta a problem. Um, so I mean, it's, it's really going to be interesting. And and I, I mean, I can't wait. So the funny thing is, I've actually never, I've of all the games I've attended, I've never attended an actual playoff game. So wow, okay. DJing a playoff game in a couple of weeks, a few weeks, whatever it is. I mean, that'll actually be my first experience to be in MSG or playoff game. And then of course to be DJing it. I mean, it, it like, it, but it makes me nervous at the same time. Cause it's just like, you know, everything's got to get ramped up. Like my, yeah. my level of perfection, you know, perfectionism, what are you going to call it? Like, I mean, that has to go up 10 notches. Like I, I want to make sure that like I do everything in my power <laughs> to help us secure the win. And, you know, we do feel like to a certain extent that we affect the outcome of the game. You know what I mean? If we can get you guys into it, that helps the team. And then, and then of course, you know, it just kind of like it snowballs and we, we can really. I, know. all right. I've, it's, it's been almost an hour and I'm going to do this very quickly and then we're, we'll go. <laughs> um, I've waited this long. So I, when I, again, I, I DJed bars like that was, but I was the house DJ for the bars. So I, and I did it, you know, four nights a week for probably about five years. I, I always felt going in like this was the closest I was ever going to get to being like a professional athlete. Right. Like it was in my hands, like, okay, just give me the people, you know, and then I'd have the occasional manager who would, you know, have the attitude like, eh, just whatever, play some songs. As long as the beer is cold, it, it'll be a good night. Right, right, right. And I'd be like, no, fuck that. Like we, this has, a, this has the chance to be, the most fun night of somebody's life in here. And that is in my hands. And I Absolutely. took that so seriously. And to hear you talk about it on the level that you're at, which is a fucking million times ahead of where most DJs ever get to is just really, it's awesome to hear. It really is awesome to hear as, a, as yeah. someone who's the DJ and as someone who covers this team and who roots for this team is absolutely amazing. Um, so the last thing I'm going to ask you favorite song or favorite mix of your DJing career. I know I'm, I, I, I'm going to, I, you take your time if you need, I know this is like the impossible question. Yeah. I mean, cause it's the thing is like, you know, songs, songs come and go. They, they kind of, uh, but like, so maybe when the, when it first dropped, what were, was there like a song that when it first dropped, you're like, that it would almost, you like couldn't wait to get to that point in the night when you could, when you could hit that song. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the song that's, that still gives me that feel. I mean, I, I don't know if it's like the song, but the song that, that I'm always in the back of my mind, like, especially during a close game that gets me like, you know, like I, I like in my head, I'm queuing it up. Like, like, all right, is the, is the moment going to be right for tonight? I'm always, I'm always thinking about victory. Oh. Cause that song to me, and I'm a huge, I'm a huge Rocky fan too. So just like, like the, the, just like the Rocky vibes and then that song, like, so I'm in the back of like for the games, that's always one that I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, like, all right, it's, it's tonight, the night that I'm gonna drop it, you know, fourth quarter, whatever, like down the street, down by two, 10 seconds left. Nick's got the ball. You drop victory as they're coming back to the court. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's like one of the ones that always like in, in my, in my soul, I'm like, I'm like, can I play it? Can I play it? <laughs> like, is it right? I, is it the I, right time? I run to that song on the, I, oh, it, it's just one of those songs. Like, yeah, if I, if I'm, if I'm working out and I'm like, you know, towards the end of my workout and I need a track, I'm like, all right, victory. Like that's the one that, that always gets me going. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I, when I, so I just very quickly, I, well, I started DJing. I was a, a sophomore in college. Um, and it was, it was February, um, of my God. I started college in 2001. So it was like February 2003, I think. Um, pretty sure I got this right. And, um, a month or two, I might, I think I, I have the dates generally right, but whatever it was, it was a month or two after I started DJing in the club dropped. Cool. And it, this was back when 
if you were if you were this is a little before your time, so I can say this. If, if <laughs> it was if you were DJing at a bar, um, you were either a bar that played hip hop or you were a bar that didn't play hip hop. And um, we had some very conservative owners and um, the song dropped and like I would get everybody. Like, it's all anybody wanted to hear. Didn't matter who, yeah, how yeah. old, young, what, what they look like. It's like, just play. It's the most popular song in the country. And like, they were like, no, you can't, you can't, it's hip hop. You can't play hip hop. We're not a hip hop bar. And so that, that's the, that's the one that will always that's have special meaning for me because it's like, that's the song that made it okay to play. And I, I was a, a hip hop head even back then. So it was the song that made it okay to play yeah. hip hop, but no matter what bar you were in. So it's yeah, still to this day, you drop that track. Dude, it's 20 years. Instantly it's- people, people get hyped. I'll try to like, I'll every now and then I'll try to throw that in or throw in, you know, like it, like a mashup of it just to, just to kind of, you know, bring it, bring it back into the rotation. Yeah. yeah that's, that's always another one that just popped in my head that, that just like without fail games, private events doesn't even matter. It's just Jackson five. Want you back. That's just another one. That's just like, just like, and you it's are speaking to my soul. <laughs> I will. I, if you, if you go to my head, if you say, what is, the oldest song that you could yeah. play in any bar anywhere at any time that will get people the moment that the piano, it's just yep. d- done. It's over. And that's, yeah. That's one of those songs that you can, you, you don't have to mix it in. Nothing. You just, you just, just dr- play you drop it, it on the one and let it, let it work. It's magic. Ugh. Yeah. I still, I'll still from time to time, you know, I'll use that in the garden. And then of course, you know, that's just, that's a crowd favorite, no matter where you're playing. I mean, bar, like bar, private event, corporate event. I mean, that's just like, you know, hundred percent success rate with that track. It's, it's, um, and it still gets me excited when I play, you know, there's so there's certain songs that like, I know people like it, but like, I may not personally love hearing it, but I'm just like, All right, I know people like it. So let me play it. But that's okay, a track I'll- that when I play it, I'm like, Yes. <laughs> now, now, I now you ju- now I just thought of it, so I have to ask. You, I promise you that I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> is there a song again throughout your career or now or whatever where you knew you had to play it, but you're just like, I hate this fucking song. If I never heard this song again in my life, it would be too soon. I mean, well, I'll say this, like, <laughs> because of all my work on the cruise ships. Oh God, we What's constantly. Coming? I'm afraid. <laughs> You know, the line dances, the, the oh. hot slide, the cupid shovel, the wobble. Yeah. I mean, we I like the wobble. I am partial to the wobble. I will say that. But when, you, but when you have to play it every single day, seven days a week for a four week contract, <sighs> no more. <laughs> I don't um, even know the, after all you think after all these times watching people <laughs> do it, that I would know the dance. I don't even know the dance. But those um, are the ones now that I'm just like, I know that I know that they'll work in certain settings. But I mean, I like I'm just like, ugh, like if I never had to play this song ever again, I'd be cool with it. And honestly, like there's still a lot of uh, current hip hop that just like does not do it for me. Don't you get I mean? don't get me started on current hip hop, because then all of the younger fans of the podcast are going to send. Yeah, me yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I just <laughs> I but you know what? It, it's I feel like I'm at the point in my life now where. Um, you know, when you when your parents get to the point where they're like, how do you listen to this crap? I, yeah, that's, yeah. I feel like that's me now because yeah. I listen, not all current hip hop. I love some current hip hop, but some other, I'm like, I just don't get where this is going now. And right. it makes, it makes me feel old. Um, well, it's, it's the temp, it's the tempo of the music. It's just, it's just so different than what most of what we grew up listening to was in that, you know, 90 to a hundred minute. And, and the stuff now you're talking 65 to like 70. I don't get so it. It's just the energy is, is not, is not there. For, for, you know, again, not for all of it, of course, but you know, there's just a lot of it where I'm just like, I don't even know like how somebody could get hyped. To- <laughs> you're, you're bringing me back to when I used to know the BPMs of every fucking song yep. by heart. Oh my yep. God. Crazy in love. 100 on the dot. Um, that's the one that I'll, I'll never forget that. That's another uh, one. That's another one though. Top, t- top Second 10 hits. I mean, it's just like, and that was that was months and months that song didn't go that the long that song is like Kareem Abdul Jabbar. That is the Kareem Abdul Jabbar <laughs> of 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 songs that you could play in bars, um, at least. In, Absolutely. In the but you know what? Version. Have you ever heard Jay-Z played at the Garden? Has it ever gone to the Jay-Z verse? Probably never even noticed. So. I don't believe <laughs> so. And I'm very, very happy to hear that. And that is awesome. That is nope. awesome. We we do not touch a and, and it kind of hurts me because I am a Jay fan, you know, and I have probably literally every every song he's ever come out with. Well, you like, were what were I you eight nine when Volume Two dropped? I, 
you were probably about eight because I was in high school. Yeah, no, I was young. Yeah, you were young. Okay, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, it's, it hurts. It hurts me too because it, it's Jay. <laughs> no, no Jay at the garden. Yeah. Uh, zero. Okay. Zero J. Zero J. Well, listen, that's fine. We'll deal with it. Um, <laughs> the, it listen, Dan, this has been um, amazing. Um, I could, we, I, I usually be like, I, I would, I'll end, I end this by saying like, oh, we'll have to do this again sometime. I want to do like a weekly podcast with you about DJing, which I'm sure all of seven people would listen to. <laughs> there you go. Let's start it up. Let's start one up, right? <laughs> I'm sure there's, a, I'm sure there's a market for it somewhere. Um, so I'm going to say it, but then I'm going to give you a chance to, to, uh, promo anything else. So it's the Monopoly Music Group, right? Yes, that's your, that's, that's your yeah, group. That's my company that we, you know, we do private events, we do corporate. So we, of course we do weddings and the whole nine. I have a team of DJs that I work with. So I book guys out and we, you know, service pretty much North Jersey, New York city. primarily. Awesome. Um, and anything else that you want, you want to say before you get out of here? No, nah, man, I'm, ex- I'm excited about this Knicks squad and hopefully, <laughs> you know, I'll be in the building for at least a couple of those playoff games. Um, so, you know, if, if anybody that's watching is, is in the building, you know, make sure that you guys are, are tweeting or, or tagging me in, in Instagram stories at Monopoly Music on Instagram. And, you know, of course, if anybody has song requests, I always try like people hit me up with song requests from time to time. I try to get I try to get them in there when I can. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just I'm just excited about this season. I'm excited about, you know, where this squad, this squad is special. So I'm, I'm excited to see what we're going to do. I hate fucking song requests. <laughs> Okay, last one. This is it. This is the last. The, the most, the most, uh, uh, I asked you before about songs you hated. I didn't hate this song, but when Hollaback Girl dropped, cool. yeah, and every 18 fucking times a night, I'd get a girl come, can you play bananas? And I would, I would very calmly be like, if you tell me the name of the actual Real song, name. I will play it yeah. for you. I don't know any song named Bananas, so I'm not going to play. And I would get so snarky and I would just be an evil yep. mother. Yeah, I was uh, uh, when Drake dropped In My Feelings and that went viral. The one with the, the little dance to it. Yeah. Come up to me and say, can you play the Kiki song? <laughs> and I'm like, if you can tell me the actual track name, I got you. But it ain't the Kiki song. <laughs> And then they start singing it to you as if, as if that's going to As like, if you don't know that. No, know. no, no. It's the it. one where she says B-A-N-A-N-A-S. It's that's Oh, really? The one that's on the radio 18 times an hour? Really? That one? I didn't know that one. I didn't know that was a song that existed. Oh, we really do need to start a podcast. Okay. Um, DJ, <laughs> <laughs> DJ Monopoly, this is a lot of fun. Everybody out there, uh, thank you uh, for listening to another episode of the Next Film School Podcast. We'll be back with you with another one before you know it.